Hi there, and welcome to a podcast from Hepatitis Victoria. My name is Isabel, and today I'm talking to Martin Forrest from Hepatitis Victoria and Sally Watkinson, a nurse practitioner candidate, about the concerns and the impact of COVID-19 on people living with viral hepatitis and liver disease, about how people can access medical care in telehealth, as well as learning about exciting changes to the Hepatitis Victoria Infoline service. Before we begin this episode, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land wherever you are listening to this podcast. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging and to any Indigenous people who are listening to this podcast. To help shed some light on the impact of COVID-19 and the concerns that people living with viral hepatitis and liver disease are having at the moment, we are talking today to Martin Forrest who works at Hepatitis Victoria. Martin is the Health Promotion Programs Manager and he also manages the Hepatitis Victoria Infoline Service. The Hepatitis Victoria Infoline is a phone and online support service offered by Hepatitis Victoria. It is a free and confidential service that enables anyone with questions, including those living with viral hepatitis or liver disease, their family and friends and healthcare workers, to get in contact with any questions and access resources, support and referrals. Thanks for chatting with us today, Martin. Thank you, Isabel. So Martin, can you tell us, have we seen an increase at the moment in people reaching out on the infoline? Yeah, it's been quite interesting. In some areas we've seen and there's been less calls coming to us, but the general numbers of calls have been fairly consistent over the period since we went into this pandemic mode. But what has been really interesting is that we've recently introduced a service called the WebCat functionality where if you visit the Hepatitis Victoria website, it pops up prompting you if you would like to have a live chat with one of the operators of the Infoline service. And we can respond immediately to those inquiries. And so we're getting, uh, there's an extra stream questions coming in, which overall has increased the number of calls that we're receiving. And it's about a 35, 40% increase in questions from the public that are coming in. Oh, that's fantastic. And so with the new web chat, You've tapped on this a little bit, but what are the benefits of that for the community? Oh, the benefits are really clear because very often people seek out specific information on the Hepatitis Victoria website. It could be about stigma, it could be about Hepatitis B or Hepatitis C. But if they're reading that information and they've got any questions or if there's something that's not clear to them, they can immediately put those questions to us and we can respond. And the the other huge advantage for it is that it can do immediate translation from other languages. So Mm. if English is not your first language and you would like to put a question to us, you know, whether it be about Hep B or or any of the other issues, it's a great Mm. way to get an immediate response to your questions. Why might someone choose to get in contact using the web chat rather than calling? For many people, contacting the Infoline is quite a significant occasion and they're sort of being quite brave to do so. Viral hepatitis liver disease is a highly stigmatised condition and people very often have experienced that stigma and are wary of discussing with people because they're concerned about what judgement is going to be made on them. But by using the web chat functionality, you're talking to people 
who are professional. They've had a great deal of experience with this. They have a lot of empathy for your condition. And so the web chat allows you to move at your own speed and take the time to delve into it to the right level that meets your needs. But by using the web chat, you can be a little bit more considered in what your questions are. You can get links to online material and things sent to you directly. Links to resources on the Hepatitis Victoria website can be sent to you. So there's a lot of reasons why people might choose to use web chat over the regular phone option. But we just like to be able to make it as accessible as possible. So who is responding to the questions when people ask them on the web chat? Yeah, it's a question we often get asked as to who, who is it who's responding to my inquiry? And these are all health people who have a huge amount of experience working in the viral hepatitis, the liver health, the bloodborne virus space. There's a lot of diversity there in the operators. They're all educators and go out and provide education and training to the community. You know, we've had, we often have people on the line who have got lived experience of viral hepatitis. We have people who may speak many different languages. That's great. It's good to know that it's a real person on the other end as well. Mm, yeah. And so given the current events with COVID-19, what are some of the key concerns that you've been hearing coming through the infoline, the phone, the web chat? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, most of it is related to people who are living with a chronic disease, you know. So if you've got hepatitis B or you've got liver damage because you had hepatitis C for a long period of time, there is an element of risk there. And, you know, some people who are quite ill are immune compromised as well. So we're getting lots of questions from people about, well, what does this mean for me? Are there any extra precautions I should be taking to make sure that I stay safe from this pandemic? So it's very much top of people's minds and really for people who are already impacted or, you know, have a chronic condition. I really recommend the Hepatitis Victoria COVID-19 section on the website to you. What are some of the main topics that are covered on that COVID-19 section of the website? Well, it's, it's a fairly new section of the website. And what we've been seeking to do is to put together information and resources that are reliable, that are current, that are dependable. So, for instance, a lot of people have been cautious about going to visit their healthcare professional because they're concerned that, you know, the government is saying you've got to be able to do social distancing, keep your distance from other possible sources of infection. And of course, sitting in a crowded general practice waiting room doesn't fit with that image. So the COVID-19 section of the website will have information about things like accessing your GP by using telehealth services, the importance of calling ahead if you think you've got any symptoms at all, might just be the common cold, 
but you've got to let the services know this. And there's also information there for healthcare professionals who want to know, well, you know, where do I get more information that's reliable and that is relevant to the Victorian community? Aside from the COVID-19 specific resources that you have been talking about, Martin, if someone living with viral hepatitis or liver disease wanted any further information about what they can do to help support their health at the moment, what does Hepatitis Victoria have available and where could people access this? For people who are specifically impacted by viral hepatitis or liver health issues, there's also the LiverWell website, which has got some really valuable information about lifestyle, reducing your drinking, getting some exercise, looking after your mental health and eating well as well. So we've got considerable resources there. But if you don't find what you need, feel free to contact the Hepatitis Infoline. It's open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 p.m. But you can contact us after hours and we'll come back to you as soon as we're back on board. Martin, thank you so much for your time and for talking with me today. It's been a great overview of the key concern facing the community at the moment. And it is wonderful to be able to share the news about the new web chat function. My pleasure. You can contact the Hepatitis Infoline during business hours on 1800 703 003 or you can log in to www.hepvic.org.au and use the brand new web chat function. So next up we'll be talking to Sally Watkinson who is a viral hepatitis nurse practitioner candidate. She works for the Royal Melbourne Hospital, however, usually works in community locations, things like primary healthcare settings, community healthcare services with outreach teams to help provide access to people for their care for viral hepatitis. So thank you so much for talking with us, Sally. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. So in the last interview with Martin from Hepatitis Victoria, he identified that one of the key concerns for people living with viral hepatitis and liver disease at the moment is organising and managing ongoing access to other medical care in the middle of a pandemic. So what are some of the considerations that people should be taking into account? Should they be going to their doctors? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think I'd just like to say that I know that there's a lot of anxiety and uncertainty amongst people living with viral hepatitis or liver disease about what they should do. And it's it's certainly not helped by the fact that everything keeps changing. So we really understand that the difficulties um, for people in making those decisions. We do know that people with severe liver disease or cirrhosis may actually be at a greater risk of a severe infection of COVID-19 if they were to become infected. So it's really important that we identify who those people are to minimise the risks of them being exposed to the COVID-19 virus. So it's really important that people do still have a good assessment of their liver and are engaged with a healthcare person around their liver health in order to sort of make that risk assessment. On the other side of the coin also, there's a lot of evidence now to suggest that if someone has cirrhosis of the liver, delaying their care, whether it be not picking up a deterioration in their condition can happen if we don't keep monitoring it. So therefore, it's another reason why it's really important to see, to continue to see your doctor or healthcare professional to manage your cirrhosis of the liver if that applies to you. Viral hepatitis without cirrhosis, we know there's not generally a higher risk of a severe COVID infection, 
that's not taking into account other factors such as age and other conditions, of course, and it's still a good reason to think about testing or treatment if that's what you're keen to do. So it's not something that you want to put off. And I guess for some people going to their doctors at the moment might not be something that they want to do or can do. What other options do patients have to access care if it's not face-to-face? Face-to-face is not the only option. The good news is is that we have much expanded access to telehealth on Medicare now, which means that people can access their healthcare professional or attend an appointment without actually physically being there. So can you just expand a little bit on what telehealth is and just explain that a little bit more? That sounds great. Yeah, sure. Well, telehealth is a web-based platform that your healthcare provider can use to video conference with you. And that's instead of being there face-to-face. So an example might be if you are a person living with hepatitis B and you're concerned about attending an, an appointment at the hospital, the doctor can contact you via the internet and have a video conference with you using your mobile phone, smartphone, laptop or tablet, etc. You can see the doctor, the doctor or nurse can see you, you're able to communicate, discuss any results, concerns, ask questions, etc. It's just like a normal appointment, you're just in a different place. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, another great thing is that after that appointment, often the clinic can send any scripts to a pharmacy for you, so you don't know sort of need for you to physically go and pick that up yeah that's absolutely right so there's a lot of benefits to that it's being uptaken now in this era in the pandemic era really to reduce the risk of or reduce the need for face-to-face interactions really and the need for people to come to hospital if it's not necessary so what does a patient or someone who might want to get a telehealth appointment need to do not much really you need yeah you really just need a reliable internet connection on any particular device that you're using for video conferencing often appointments are made in the same way that they normally would so if you currently attend a hospital clinic the clinic will send you an appointment in the usual way and it may say that it's a telehealth appointment if this is the first time you've done a telehealth appointment They usually send instructions as to how to use it, um, but also who to contact if you're not sure. Not everyone's that, you know, technically minded. And so they're generally very willing to talk you through it, perhaps do a dummy run uh, to make sure that you, you know what to do. If you're a a patient attending a hospital clinic, you still need a referral from your GP, just as you would for any other hospital appointment. And you do need to be Medicare eligible. If you're having a telehealth appointment with your GP, then it's generally just in carried out in the way that your normal appointment would be. It might be a video conferencing appointment or it could just be over the phone. Fantastic. That sounds very simple and easy. And so what are some of the benefits, especially in the middle of a pandemic, for people to use telehealth? Yeah, well, I mean, feedback from people is that it's certainly very convenient Mm. (laughs) to have your appointment that way. It's less time taken off work because you can integrate it into your working day. It's also quite cost-saving in that you don't have to take public transport or drive and find parking, etc. So that can be a real benefit to people. Obviously, in terms of the COVID pandemic, it really reduces the amount of physical close contact you have with other people, and that reduces your risk of infection. 
course, and also just that people can actually still therefore attend their appointments if they're in quarantine or isolation. So with all of those sort of benefits that are not necessarily specific to the situation we're in at the moment around transport and time saving, do you think that telehealth will continue to be more common and used more after all of this settles down? I'd really like it to be. I really hope so. It's certainly shown to us that we are able to reach people that have not accessed healthcare in hospital settings as readily before. Maybe they, they're not able to get there, for example, if they live in regional areas. And so it's, it's certainly been very acceptable for um, the person needing the appointment. It's certainly been quite efficient uh, within hospital clinics and I think also in primary healthcare services too. There's a little bit of complexity around how telehealth is funded and so uh, it would be nice to think that that continues but I think there's a little bit to work through before we know exactly how it will look long term. In the past it was really just available for people living in regional or remote areas to be able to access healthcare. Currently now that's it, it's available to, to everyone in metro centres as well. So where it will actually end up long term will need to be nutted through quite a bit more in terms of it being sustainable. So there's been some really good things that have come out of telehealth. Are there any downsides to it? Are there any situations in which you wouldn't recommend patients to use it? I mean, I think it can never really replace that face-to-face interaction with a, you know, a healthcare person, particularly if it's someone that you have come to know through, you know, sort of long-term, you know, care and you have that trust and you have that good communication you know, if you're in that situation, it's never it's never going to be quite the same um, mm-hmm. if you're having that remotely. But it's still it's still pretty good. <laughs> I think where it gets tricky is where someone has a, quite a complex condition, and there needs to be a bit more of an involved assessment carried out, whether it be a physical examination or the doctor just really needs to spend that extra bit of time observing. So it has limitations there, and we would generally generally say that if this is your first appointment and it's possible to attend face-to-face, then that's something that might or should be considered. Yeah, that's a really good point. Is there anything else that you would like to mention or add about telehealth at the moment? I just would like to really recommend that people continue to think about their liver health and to not be discouraged from using some of these other options to see their doctor or their nurse in order to keep up with their monitoring or get tested or access treatment as much as you can. It's worth remembering that you can still go and have that blood test or you can still go and have an ultrasound scan because it is still really important to, as I said at the start, understand your liver disease and what your risks are. We're just doing things slightly differently. Keep up with your immunisations, <laughs> whether it be hepatitis B or even just your influenza jabs to optimise your health. And just also remember that there's a, a whole workforce of viral hepatitis nurses out there that can answer your questions or direct you to the right place, whether it be around your viral hepatitis, liver disease or COVID-19. Thank you, Sally. That's been fantastic. That's been such a great overview and some really practical tips for people around how to access healthcare at the moment and also some really good reassurance that 
it is still an important thing to be doing and that it is okay to still be keeping up with those really important appointments. So thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks very much, Isabel, for the opportunity. Stay well and stay safe, everybody. <laughs> thank you for listening to this podcast from Hepatitis Victoria. We hope you have found it informative and interesting and we'll be back with more soon.